0: you listening to San Marcos City Podcast. You're listening to San Marcos
1: City Podcast. We'll be bringing you all there is to know about everything we have to offer in the city of San Marcos. Hey, San Marcos, California. Your city has a podcast, and here it is. For more information, please check us out at sanmarcos.net. That's san-marcos.net and all the usual social media sites.
0: Hi, this is Jack Griffin, City Manager here at the City of San Marcos. Welcome to the latest installment of the San Marcos City Podcast. Hope everyone had a happy and safe new year and is ready to get 2021 started and hopefully it'll um, improve quickly as we uh, move through the calendar. Um, We all find our lives back to where we'd like them to be. Um, So there's a lot of really interesting things, uh, some some unique things about San Marcos, but one of the ones that's probably more obscure that most people uh, don't know is that we're the only city in the city, in the county of San Diego um, that has uh, a president of business operations for a professional hockey team as a resident. So I'm going to be joined in a little bit by Matt Savant. Matt is the president and business operations for the San Diego Gulls. Um, So I should sort of do full disclosure. I'm a i um, uh, an East coast guy and a hockey guy. And so I've been a, uh, season ticket holder since the goals uh, came back in 2016, I think it was. Um, and, uh, uh, found out that uh, Matt uh, lived in San Marcos, and so when we started, to, uh, when the podcast started, I was like, I'd really be interested to, to, to have Matt come on and, and talk a little bit about what it's like to uh, um, be in the, the front office, the executive uh, office of a professional sports team, um, especially at this time where obviously it's got to be uh, just like any other business and maybe in different ways, uh, you know, professional sports and what have you have been, you know, impacted um, with, um, with the pandemic. Um, I, as, we, as we do this uh, in the first week of January uh, the American Hockey League which is what the San Diego Gulls play in Announced uh, about a week or so ago that they would be coming back to play. Um, a season, their season will start the first week of February. Um, they won't have any fans, at least in the beginning. Uh, certainly here, um, whether you know I, whether that, whether there's fans in other buildings and other places in the country, um, I guess remains to be seen. Um, and then whether as the vaccines hopefully roll out into the public and um, whether by the end of the season there can be some level of, of spectatorship um, would be great. So anyway, I just thought it would be really great to, um, to have Matt on, have him talk a little bit about what it's like uh, to do that for a living, what the challenges are, um, what it's like to just sort of be in the um, professional hockey world um, in Southern California. Um, so hopefully you get, you find it interesting. Um, if you're, um, not familiar with it, uh, with, with what the goals are. So they, like I said, they play in the American hockey league, um, which is essentially the, the principal minor league, um, that feeds into the national hockey league, which is obviously the major, uh, hockey uh, league, I think not just in the country, but in the world. Um, and so it's, you know, it's pretty, it's a very high quality, uh, league. Um, it's a blend of, uh, very, I wouldn't say very young, but you know, uh, late from 19 and up, but mostly I would say early twenties players, um, with a smattering of maybe older veterans in there too. Um, but there's a lot of players that, uh, graduate from the American hockey league to the national hockey league, um, and make, you know, uh, good careers as a professional hockey player. And so it's a very high quality league. Um, I've been a very happy, uh, season tickle holder, as I said, since the, the team came back and I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with Matt. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I'm sure I'm going to joined by Matt Savant. Matt is the president of business operations for the San Diego Gulls, but more importantly, Matt's a resident of San Marcos has been here for quite a long time. Um, and so Matt, thanks very much for joining us and being willing to be on the city's podcast.
1: Yeah, Jack, thanks for having me on. And yes, I'm a proud member of San Marcos for he's coming up on 20 years. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Um, wow. so, um, I, I, I sort of in a, before I, we jumped on, I, I disclosed to the folks here that I'm a longtime East Coast hockey guy, and so this is a really cool podcast <laughs> for me. And I got to try not to get into the <laughs> hockey part of it too much, right? Because I'm, uh, I know where my default will be. But um, I really wanted to sort of talk about uh, with you about sort of the you know, the business of, of being in hockey, uh, the challenges obviously you've had to deal with this year, um, and yeah. get, as in terms of stopping a season, getting a season back started now that the, that news has come out. Um, but why don't you first just tell us a little about yourself, uh, your background, how you got into hockey, um, how you ended up in Southern California.
1: Well, I'm a Southern California resident, which is uh, rare for hockey fans and hockey players. I grew up in Anaheim Hills, California, and Uh, Started playing hockey uh, a little bit later in life. I was 12 years old and started playing roller hockey on the quads. If you recall, (laughs) like the 1970s and 80s style roller skates uh, was the first time I ever played roller hockey uh, in orange, California. And, um, fell in love with the sport and uh played my way kind of up through the youth leagues of roller hockey and was uh, actually a junior olympic gold medalist um in my team years yeah and i was uh i was decent at the sport and uh just something that i was able to kind of figure out on my own and played a lot of street hockey and and in my garage and in 19 uh, 88, 89, Wayne Gretzky showed up, uh, from Edmonton, uh, and moved all the way down to Los Angeles, California. And I, uh, was watching, uh, with my, um, my stepbrother on TV. He says you got to come in and watch these LA Kings. And I said, what the heck is this? And started watching it and fell in love with, uh, Wayne Gretzky and, uh, the sport of hockey and, Started playing ice hockey a little shortly thereafter and um, And kind of moved my way up. Yeah, once that ice hockey
0: bug bites when you play it, it bites pretty hard.
1: Yeah, and and I want to jump real quick to you. Did you play growing up? You said you're a Flyers fan?
0: Yeah, I grew up in Philadelphia playing – same sort of thing: street hockey, deck hockey, roller hockey, ice hockey. Um, was yeah. uh, we had the you know back there, we could at least play in the winter on uh, ponds and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Not every winter, but most, most winters. Um, so yeah, so I've been a, I've been a, I was a hockey player, sort of actively, competitively, until. Oh, I don't know. Maybe um, about twenty years ago, um, I decided okay. decided that I was uh, I was get to a point where you, you're the mind still thinks you can make the move, but the body's not going, <laughs> going along for the ride anymore. Uh, that's been happening to me for a couple of decades now, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where I think I can
1: make the move, and then something hurts.
0: That's right. Uh,
1: but anyway, I uh, I continued my 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 playing career in California and uh, played up and down the state and. I uh, started playing in some uh, more national tournaments and um, had the opportunity to uh, send some tapes to a couple of schools and uh, in college, and one of them was uh, Bowling Green State University. I uh, was able to go out and meet with the coach and skate with the team and was really fortunate to get a chance to go play for them. Um, I don't want to oversell it. I, I never played a game of varsity. I was a club hockey player okay. and I was on the practice squad for three years and uh really an eye-opening experience a kid from southern california going to a uh, division one school yeah and, uh, yeah. Bowling and confidently a taking, <laughs> yeah confidently taking the ice and realizing wow these guys are for real uh but i had a great experience great coaching and uh really a great great time and uh, ultimately met my wife at bowling green and um and we moved back here after graduation and um you know, kind of, uh, I was a little bit uh, wandering looking for my, my hockey community and wasn't able to land a job in the hockey industry. And um, I found a, a great opportunity at a uh, advertising agency in Irvine, Young and Rubicam, and was working on some big accounts, Lincoln, Mercury, Mattel Toys. And I learned how to properly market a product and learn how to properly sell. Uh, you know a, a TV ad A radio ad how to, how to build and produce Proper advertising Which was a really great experience for me I worked there for about five years And then um, There was a girl that I worked with Whose dad was at the time The president of the Mighty Ducks
0: Oh, okay So
1: Yeah, as you can imagine I was, uh, you know Hey, what's, what's going on? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> how are things at the Ducks these days? And, um, you know She and her now husband um, became friends uh, with my wife and, and I, and we would go out and have dinner and drinks and talk hockey. And that kind of says, listen, I will sharpen skates. I'll move boxes, like whatever it takes, get me into the Mighty Ducks. And uh, her boyfriend, now husband at the time, uh, was the marketing manager for the team. And he got an offer to go to the Red Wings and took it. And he called me the day he accepted his offer at the Wings and said, uh, Well, you've been bugging me for a number of years. Uh, <clears throat> they've asked me to backfill my own spot. Would you like to come in for an interview? Uh, so I, I put my best suit on and headed to the then Arrowhead Pond, now okay. Haunted Center, yeah. interviewed, and uh, never left. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So over the years, I have held uh, many positions at the Ducks in the marketing. Um, I was the director of fan development for a while, working on grassroots marketing and uh, youth hockey programming, local rinks, uh, school programs, street hockey, roller hockey, ice hockey for kids. Uh, Then moved into a more traditional marketing role as the director of marketing and brand management and was overseeing uh, advertising and uh, graphic design elements for in-game entertainment and uh, at a home. And then uh, came an opportunity with the San Diego goals. um in 2016. Um, the team showed up. Uh, we were uh, always a East Coast or Midwest team and you know traveling players to get called up from what's called it Cincinnati or uh, you know even further east for a player to move out right. west and play that night it was really difficult, right
0: sure.
1: So we, um, ultimately the American Hockey League, the AHL, moved the entire Pacific Division West, which included the uh, Anaheim Ducks affiliate, now the San Diego Goals, and they were um, looking for someone to run uh, the franchise, which was a a terrific opportunity, uh, which I was very excited about because since 2003, I had been living in San Marcos, San Alejo Hills and was commuting via the train for 12 seasons. Wow. <laughs> so I took the, uh, the Amtrak Surfliner all the way up and back for 12 years, and when the San Diego Goals opportunity was available, I rose my hand really, really high and uh, was able to become the president of business operations for the Goals in 2016 and uh, have been part of that uh, team since.
0: That's amazing. So so I have to back up and ask a question because I'll be a real fanboy if the answer to this is yes. Do you have a Stanley Cup ring? I do
1: have a Stanley oh, Cup geez. ring. So. It is awesome. Oh. <laughs> it's, something, it's something I'm very, very proud of. I'll it's got bet. my name on it. It's the real deal. I, I wear it on rare occasions and it's, uh, it's something I'm really proud of and it's oh, wow. very cool. And, you know, I'll, I'll break it out at parties occasionally and it's, uh, it's, oh my gosh, that's so cool. You
0: know? <laughs> well, I just, so. <laughs> it's so cool to me that there's a person in San Martin, lives in San Marcos who has one. So, uh, the, well, the cool factor know, of maybe, the city is going up so oh. fast. <laughs>
1: Uh, maybe you and I can get together for a beer when this thing's That's all smart. over and I'll, I'll show it to you yeah good.
0: so it's funny yeah. uh, my f- uh, a real brief diversion so my first job getting out of college was I applied for a job at a small city outside of Pittsburgh I was from Philadelphia I grew up in Philadelphia so but my my first job interview essentially was I don't know how we got there but we started talking hockey with the gentleman who eventually hired me as a as a zoning officer but hockey seems to be a good loop conversation for getting jobs. Apparently. It is. So,
1: it's a connector because it's, um, it's I won't say it's a small group of fans across North America, but it's a niche yeah. uh, sport and the people that do like hockey are overly passionate about it.
0: Yeah. If you're into it, you're really into it.
1: You are into it. Yeah.
0: So, um, so I've been a, I've been a goals uh, season ticket holder since the team started back up in 2016 when, when it got announced that, um, the AHL was coming, I just thought, oh, this is fantastic. Because I had been to previous iterations of goals games, you know, when it was, what, the Western Hockey League and the ECHL. And it was, you know, it's great. It's Hockey Live is still the best thing to go see yeah. from a sport perspective. But the AHL is just you know, it's another level, well, multiple levels up. So, um, so why don't you talk a little bit about, because uh, I, I sort of want to talk about what happened. Obviously, the, this year has been a really crazy year, but um, why don't we talk a little bit about um, what was, uh, how you guys were uh, trying to grow the, the organization, make the, you know, as the team comes into town in 2016 and where you sort of saw it headed um, before all the pandemic stuff hit in terms of reaching out to the community and building a fan base and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, so I think one of the smartest marketing plays we, we did when the team came back was we kept the original name, the Goals, as you mentioned, you know, the IHL and other uh, other iterations of the Goals have been here since 1966. I mean, Willie O'Ree played for the Goals, which is, if you don't know, Willie O'Ree is the first black uh, professional hockey player so in Boston Bruins.
0: i got to interrupt you for a and, second there. So I sit, right yeah. in, I sit right in front of Willie and have been sitting there since the beginning of since 2016 and no way. Yeah. So my seats are, he's on the, he's in row seven on the aisle seats one and two and I'm row six seats three and four. And what, I mean, the man is just the, 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 the ultimate, example of a gentleman and he is just uh, so generous with his time and people coming up to him all the time during the games to say hello and get a uh, get an autograph and all that sort of stuff it's just what a what a what a beautiful guy and it's just and, I'm, and I'm, i knew i was going to do this when we got talking about this sort of stuff but i was in toronto a couple summers ago the year that he got in, inducted into the hockey hall of fame um and oh i'm walking down the street on on young street by the building where the hall of fame is and there's like a four story photograph of willie o'reilly and so i grabbed the picture <laughs> of it just so i could just when i saw him a couple months later at the at the opening night game i was like hey willie so well, what a what a great guy and and he's such a great ambassador yep. for for oh the oh gulls and for hockey. In,
1: in what were you doing in Toronto for the whole oh, that, thing? Because I was there.
0: Oh, really? No, I was. It uh, was sort of a, a. That's a long family story. We were. I was taking the long road back from um, a family vacation into Finger Lakes, um, and decided okay. to do a little mini road trip through uh, through Ontario.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I actually, uh, when we get off here, I'm going to send you a photo. I have a photo of Willie and I at the hall of fame and I'm wearing my ring. So oh, it kind nice. of brings everything uh, full circle. I'll send you a, a shot after we're done here.
0: That's great. But certainly I think is, um, I think as I, as I've been going to the games, it feels like the momentum has been, was really building nicely in terms of um, not just the size of the crowds, but the enthusiasm and the, and the, and the presence of the, of the team in the community. So I think you know, it was really yeah. fun to watch and be part of that, even just as a ticket holder.
1: Yeah, and thanks for being a season ticket holder, by the way. I really appreciate it. We need all we can get, and um, you know, like I was saying, it was it was a smart marketing play to keep the name of the goals, and um, it connects to the history that has been part of San Diego since 1966 when Willie O'Ree played here. Um, and it's um, it's amazing to see the pride on the concourse. You're walking around, you see those old jerseys, and people yeah, wear them absolutely. with pride. And it's almost been a family tradition for for these fans over the years I used to come with my grandma and grandpa and this is their sweater and blah, blah, blah. So there's a real deep connection to the goals and in the community of San Diego. So what we really wanted to do was just highlight the successful history that the goals have had and try to grow on it. And, um, I'll, i diverge just as Just a bit here To our ownership group The um, owners of the Ducks and the Goals Are Henry and Susan Sanarelli And they're just great people And they're very philanthropic And their focus is To use the teams To do well To do good To do what's right In the community And that's both in Anaheim with the Ducks And now San Diego with the Goals And it's to give back Really they use the teams As a vehicle to give back So they're really Philanthropically minded And that's their focus So we do reading programs, school programs, street hockey programs where we're donating equipment to thousands of kids to learn the sport and uh, giving goals and Ducks prizes for reading a certain amount of minutes in the reading is the goal program. And then we're also doing, you know, your traditional. We're working with Rady's Children's Hospital and then up in Orange County, we're working with Chalk Hospital up there, which is a children's hospital. And we're working with the San Diego Food Bank, the San Diego Blood Bank. We just did a blood drive on January 2nd uh, down at Mission Bay. And, um, you know, it's really a focus to make hockey obviously the number one priority. But <laughs> number one A is giving back to the community and using our corporate partnerships division to help grow and donate money um, to all over San Diego.
0: That's great. That's fantastic. Um, so, um, sort of tra- transitioning. So, we were in the we were in the midst of a season uh, in March. Uh, the goals were sort of we're making a playoff push there at the, uh, towards the tail end of the season when all this happened. Um, and uh, obviously, the season got shut down when the pandemic hit, um, which. I'm sure created just like like in all the businesses. Obviously, there's you know there's there's no business sector. Well, hardly any business sectors that haven't been really you know significantly affected, mostly negatively. Yeah. Um, so you had to shut the season down mid season or towards the end of the season, um, and you probably didn't really have a good sense of what was going to happen through the summer. So what were some <laughs> of the things that you you tried to do the um, through the summer and the fall to, to keep things moving forward? I know from a city perspective, we arrived at a point I think in in June-ish where we were all kind of, you know, after March, April, and May and the lockdowns, it was like, we need to find ways to move forward, right? We're, we treaded water for a while. We're seeing how this thing's going. But the only way we all sort of keep sanity uh, going and we still feel like we're doing something is to move forward. And so what were some of the things that you guys tried to do in the summer and the fall to, to keep things moving forward while you were waiting for whatever news was going to come out about what was next?
1: Yeah, like, like you mentioned, every business and every person has been dramatically impacted by this pandemic. And um, you know, and I'll, I'll be I'll be selfish about the hockey. Yeah, to your point, we were we were a good team. We were rolling, mm-hmm. and um, we were on our way to another playoff berth. And if you're a fan of the goals, you know we went deep the year before. We went to the Western Conference Finals and lost to Chicago and. We were poised to either match that or beat it and get to the Calder Cup final. So that's a a selfish note of I'm frustrated because the team was so really good. Uh, But then you get into the reality. Okay, so now this is happening. This is um, people are hurting. And the unknown for me was really tough because as a business leader, you're trying to think two steps ahead always, right? You want to know what's happening next month and the month after and what can we do to be prepared to uh, meet that head on i never said the words i don't know (laughs) as much as i did over the last nine months (laughs) i just don't know what's going to happen i don't know where we're going and i don't like to say that (laughs) i try to have a good guess on most things but um this one i just didn't know so what we could control was how we help and how we give back and so what we did is we turned our focus to what our one of our primary goals is, is to give back to the community. So we knew that our corporate partners, especially our restaurants that are independently owned. So we have several, uh, i call them smaller one-off restaurants that are um, very important to us and important to the San Diego community. And they're hurting, right? They weren't right. having people dining in and eating and drinking at the restaurant. So we partnered with four or five of our independent restaurants and we purchased through our foundation, we purchased food. We asked them to safely individually box it up and um, we delivered thousands of individually wrapped safe meals to the frontline workers at the hospitals through our hospital partners. So through, through Scripps and Sharp, Radies, we were delivering breakfast, lunch, dinner for weeks and this was through dollars that are generated from our fans. If you see the theme nights, if it's a Star Wars night or pink in the Rink, we auction those jerseys off and we auction game use pucks off and signed sticks. And so that money is sitting in our foundation for just this reason. And we took that money we bought food from our partners to help them stay afloat and we delivered them to the nurses and doctors and, Medical staff, you know, janitors, everybody working at the hospitals were just just working tirelessly, and frankly, they haven't stopped. That's right. And yeah, um, so we we did that um, in the early days of the of the pandemic, and it was really well received and really successful, and and in my opinion, really important. <laughs> you know, it was something where everybody was hurting, and um, it gave us an opportunity to uh, use our fans' dollars to give back.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, it's so important, I think, to, you know, to, we did it as a city to try to find ways in the very beginning. I've talked about a lot in a uh, prior podcast the city put together a, um, what we call a business loan program. Back in March, when it first happened, it was like, okay, we need to find a way to help all these businesses, at least as many as we can, until the world sort of figures out. And when I say the world and our world, is like the state and the federal government is to come up with ways to provide some level of assistance to allow these, you know, incredibly important businesses to survive. This, um, you know, so we were really happy to do that. I, I know there's tons of organizations, whether it was chambers of commerce or or you guys and I'm, you know, lots of other, you know, of the more of the nonprofit side of the world you know, to try and find a way to help the businesses just sort of weather the storm. And fortunately, the storms lasted a lot longer, I think, than we all anticipated. But, um, but that's really good. But so moving on, uh, so about, our, I would say, what, two weeks ago or so, uh, the AHL announced uh, that when the season's going to start. So it's going to start in February, uh, near the beginning of February. Um, and the NHL um, is going to start next week, I think, next Wednesday. And that i am a hockey fan or anything—pay really close attention. <laughs> to yes, stuff. you're <laughs> correct. <laughs> <So> Flyers, <laughs> play, the, Flyers <laughs> play the Penguins the first night, so I'll be glued. Yeah. Um, Your so, Broad Street
1: Bullies will be taking on Sidney and his crew. Oh, yep, that's correct. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I have well, you know know—I'm in a fancy hockey league, and it's based in Pittsburgh, so I'm sure a couple of those guys will be listening. So they know how I I'm about, sure. They know how I feel about <laughs> Sidney Crosby. Um, <laughs> but, um, great. Great player, but never really appreciated his style. Anyway. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> he is a great player, man. Uh, yeah.
0: So so I think uh, I read that the, the games are going to start, you're actually going to start playing in Irvine so that the, the yep. team can be combined with the Ducks and the protocols and all that sort of stuff. So so what are the sort of things that you guys are going to try to do to keep uh, the fan base engaged while the games are going on and occurring, obviously, someplace else? Um, and and yeah. obviously when fans can't go to the games yet.
1: As you mentioned, we are starting back up and I'm, I'm so excited. I and mean, you're a hockey fan, but I have missed it so much. And part of what I've missed is the fans and the people and the buzz and the community. It's like a, it's like a family, right? Uh-huh. And so I'm, I'm really, I'm really sad. We won't be able to be playing in front of fans, but I understand that it's statewide. It's uh, global wide. Uh, you got to keep people safe. So I understand. Uh, but we'll be back uh, February. Uh, American Hockey League starts and the, um, NHL, as you mentioned, starts next week, and so training camps are going on now, Um, and we have our goals training camp um, directly after the NHL training camp, which um, uh, ends on the, I believe, the 12th, because the first game is on the 13th, and um, we'll open up our camp then and begin a few weeks later. We're going to play a few preseason games. Um, and as you mentioned, we've decided to move our operations up to the Ducks practice facility in Irvine. And, uh, you know, we just announced this a couple of days ago, but um, I want to reiterate, um, this is not a permanent move by any stretch. Uh, we are San Diego. We are the San Diego goals and we're not leaving. This was more of a uh, health and safety deci- decision. We want to make sure that all of our, we can call them assets, right? These are our assets yeah. to our business that they're safe and they're under one protocol. They're under the same roof with the same medical professionals, the same doctors, and the same testing. And it was just too much of a risk to have uh, two groups that are so closely intertwined in different cities, meaning every time we have a call-up, and you're a hockey fan, you know how often that happens, and we have Sam Carrick, the captain of the, of the goals, will get called up because there's an injury at the Ducks. He normally just drives up to five, but Sam will have been playing all over the American Hockey League. So that presents a risk for health um, for the Anaheim Ducks locker room. So it just made a lot of sense to, you know, do what we have to, to keep these guys safe this year. So we're going to play out of uh, Irvine, the Great Park Ice Facility, which is a beautiful four-sheet facility at Irvine. Um, And unfortunately, we're going to play in front of no fans. Um, which is the case for most NHL and AHL teams. Right. Uh, but we're going to do our best to uh, televise as many games as possible in San Diego. We've got a long standing relationship with Fox 5 San Diego, and we will continue that relationship. And we're also working with another local network, which will be uh, announced soon and we're hoping to televise more. So my hope is between 15 and 20 games will be televised. Uh, The season has been trimmed down to 42 games for the Pacific Division. So, um, you know, almost half our games will be televised, which is a huge accomplishment for us. to give the ability for our our fans to tune in and keep keep an eye on uh, great goals hockey, and then we also offer the AHL TV, which is a streaming platform that um, all fans can um, get access to and watch games on you know, smart TVs or on their devices. And for season ticket holders like you, Jack, you can get the um, uh, package uh, in a special fashion. Last year we offered uh, free away games, and then this year we'll offer, um, I guess I'm breaking the news here, we're going to take care of our season ticket holders with home and away games.
0: Oh wow, that's great!
1: And just out of curiosity, Jack, did you utilize the AHL TV?
0: I did program much. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's you I I, I, I can't get enough. I you know, I'm 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 a sports guy, but hockey's always been the passion. So, um, I my family, my wife and mother in law, and they just sort of always watching hockey again. But, um, (laughs) got used to it over the years. Um, so, but that's crazy. And I'm assuming all the games will be on the radio. Um, correct okay so um, and and you can go and the gulls have a really great app so you can go and get the gulls app and get all the information I'm sure where where all that stuff can be found so um, encourage people to do that. So, so we'll, once uh, sort of the last thing I was going to ask you about, so um, assuming the world, you know, eventually does get back to normal, uh, vaccinations are, are happening, um, um, you know, not to inject some city stuff, but it is a city podcast so that people know that we're um, actively involved here in San Marcos, getting all of our uh, fire, uh, emergency medical personnel vaccinated actually, uh, this week. Um, it's oh, great. All that started on Saturday and is, is continuing this week. And, um, and then hopefully we'll transition into the law enforcement and the governor's going to give some news, I think later in the day, maybe changing some of the priorities of who was to get vaccinated in some of the tiers. But, um, so, so all that's starting. And so hopefully the public itself isn't too far away. Once all those sort of first responder emergency workers get, uh, taken care of. So, but, um, Going back to um, so once we get past all this, um, just sort of wanted to sort of pick your brain about well you know what you see is the as the future of hockey in San Diego. I know there's been talk. I don't want to put you on the spot or anything like that. I know there's talk about the building and things like that. But um, how do you just what do you think you guys can do to just keep continuing to to grow the game because it does seem like there like I said there was there was momentum building, it seemed to me, um, just about hockey in general and obviously around the team itself. So what well, are some of the long-term plans to continue to grow to sport in the region?
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this very clearly. The, the primary long-term goal is to stay in San Diego. We want to be here. We're trying to avoid uh, any concern of our great fans and season ticket holders that we would potentially uh, go anywhere but San Diego. So I want to make that clear. Um, but as you mentioned, we've done a really good job um, as, as a staff and as a as a team. I mean, these players have been awesome to watch, and the the swell of passion has been uh, growing year over year, and it's been really fun to watch. So, what we're looking at is um, we've signed a longer term extension down at the Sports Arena, and we've partnered with um, ASM Global, and, which is an AEG property. And they are the management team for the facility who also won the development rights. So there is a longer-term development plan in the works. Um, I think it needs to be um, readdressed by the new mayor, which um, then would give it kind of more of a green light to begin development. But um, either a refurbished or a new sports arena is kind of in the plan and so I anticipate um, that we'll, you know, continue our partnership with them so that we'll continue playing in either the refurbished or the new arena. Um, either one would be great. Um, as you know, it's a um, it's an old barn, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, got a lot of great memories and it it's been a great place. It's been a great place for us to play, and it, it's really a, it's an awesome facility to watch hockey. Um, but if you're If you're looking to grow the fan base and bring in a younger crowd and also kind of a more tech-savvy crowd, which most of our fans are, they're looking for some of the amenities and they're looking for some of the finer touches. Um, And I think there can be a marriage between the history of the building and a few a few technological advances to uh, bring it a little more current. And then with that would be uh, probably a more enjoyable experience overall for the longer term. And that's the plan.
0: Well, that sounds great. Uh, Yeah. The buildings, it's an interesting building. I I grew up going to the spectrum in Philadelphia. And so the the sports arena feels like just a small sort of a, a smaller version of of, of that, but the sight lines are, are pretty cool and the sound is good. So yeah, it's got um, you always, hockey people we always talk about this, we, we refer to them as barns and so that was a little inside <laughs> hockey thing um and sorry and, no no no, it's great it's uh, i don't get the do yeah. this very often uh, out here so um but yeah so we all we all love those sort of old barns i, I was at a game in windsor ontario oh i don't know 10 years ago uh, the guys I, I with we we go we used to go every year to try to go up for a weekend up uh to a ontario uh, junior league game and the old Windsor Barn was just—it was—I don't know—the building was probably built in the twenties <laughs> or the thirties. Just fantastic. I mean, it had no amenities so whatsoever, bad. but it was just a right. <laughs> fantastic place to watch a game. Well, Matt, thanks yeah. very much. I really do appreciate uh, you giving us the time. Um, and you know, best of luck with to you and the goals going forward. Uh, hope good luck in the season. Hopefully, um, not only is it uh, a safe season, but it's a successful season for for the team and for for the players and. Um, you know, and especially for the, you know, I'm not all for all of them, but obviously there's some, I think some pretty pretty exciting young talent, um, that's coming into the organization and, uh, it's a good future for both the goals and the, and the ducks. So I just want to say thanks very much once again, for being willing to give us some time and, and best of luck.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And thank you for, um, shining a spotlight on the San Diego goals. We really appreciate it. And, uh, I will send you that photo of uh, me and Willie at the Hall of Fame, and um, I will come by and see you. If you sit right in front of Willie, I'll, I'll know exactly where you are because I come by and say hello to him most games, so I'll uh, tap you on the shoulder.
0: All right, sounds good. Hey, and tell uh, former Flyer coach, Gulls coach uh, Kevin Danini, he's got a big fan here in San Marcos too. So,
1: <laughs> okay, I will. I absolutely will. <laughs> All right,
0: thanks very much, Matt. All right, take care. Talk to you, Bye. Right, bye. Thanks again to Matt Savant, the president of business operations for the San Diego Gulls for joining us. Um, hopefully you thought that was an interesting conversation. I certainly did. I tried not to get too wonky on the hockey stuff. Um, but, uh, it was a real temptation. Um, I think I kind of avoided it for the most part anyway. So, um, Thanks for joining us again. Um, if you haven't subscribed, please do. Um, tell a friend we're doing it. Uh, now that we're out beyond the holiday season, we'll try to ramp the frequency of the podcast back up. Um, you can always email us at podcast at sand-marcos.net if you have any suggestions or comments. Um, and um, just uh, look forward to furthering the conversation about San Marcos down the road. Thanks.